Welcome to the Dating Kinky Podcast, a cast about love, sex, romance, and kink. So many people get kink and BDSM all wrong. They think it sometimes hurts, so it must be harmful. I think sometimes it's useless to try to convince people otherwise. However, I do think that discussing the difference between BDSM and abuse is useful and allows even people unfamiliar with BDSM to understand better. BDSM versus abuse. How is kink different from abuse? This is a totally fair question. After all, many mainstream media depictions, including a lot of porn, give the impression that the person in charge of the scene or relationship, usually the top, dominant, master, or owner, has all of the power, and the other partner or partners are helpless, having waived their right to say no or reject orders. In the words of the famous commercial, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) People who identify as kinky are generally doing so with the unspoken assumption of consent. In short terms, this means that everything done in kink is negotiated and agreed to by all parties involved before it happens. Let me say that again. Everything done in kink is negotiated and agreed to by all parties involved before it happens. The All in there is a pretty important part of the sentence. Many people focus on the bottom, receiver, or submissive as the vulnerable partner, since they are the ones being acted upon, the ones ceding power, being hit, hurt, humiliated, tied up, whatever their fancy. And that's fair. After all, these are usually the more vulnerable parties in kink and elsewhere. However, For something to be consensual kink, all parties involved must consent. That means that even though it may not be obvious because they seem to have all the power, the top, giver, or dominant must also consent to what is happening as well and has just as much power, I might even argue more, but that's a different topic, to withhold consent as the bottom receiver or submissive. So consensual kink, usually just referred to as kink by those who practice it, always allows for anyone to withdraw consent, or maybe I should say revoke consent at any time. This might be by setting limits in the negotiations. It might be by saying no at some point during the play. A safe word might be negotiated to slow down or stop a scene at any point. Usually in kink, ways to end any play are discussed quite thoroughly. Expectations are set about how ending might work, and if consent is ever withdrawn, things are ended quickly and happily. Well, (laughs) happily is an ideal. After all, There are times when neither partner wants to end an amazing scene, but it's required. Like a cramp or a sudden feeling of illness, an overwhelming emotion that doesn't belong, or 
digits going numb, like during bondage or rope play, say. There's more to say, and I'll continue this in another installment in the future. But, of course, I'd love your feedback and thoughts. Thank you for joining me today. If you loved this episode, please share it with others who would enjoy it. And please do join me at datingkinky.com. It's built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Find me on FetLife as Nookie Notes. And on Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, and Medium as Dating Kinky. We're on Instagram as Dating Kinky Official. All one word. Have a kinky day, and I'll catch you next episode.